It's Friday, July 12th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. President Trump stood down on asking about citizenship on the census yesterday, but wants to get the info in other ways. We'll connect the dots. Then, lawmakers on Capitol Hill talk about what they saw at immigration centers last week, as ICE prepares for raids this weekend. And tennis stars Nadal versus Federer hit 40. Meetups on the court, that is. We're here to make your Friday smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about citizenship and the 2020 census. President Trump said yesterday he was done trying to get a question about whether or not you're a citizen on next year's form. This is part of a broader left-wing effort to erode the rights of the American citizen and is very unfair to our country. President Trump had been fighting to include that question, even after the Supremes pressed pause back in June, and the Commerce Department had already started printing out the forms. If you only skimmed the headlines about this today, you might think, huh, President Trump gave up the fight. But it's not that straightforward. He says he has a new plan. And we're going to get into it. What President Trump is calling for, why he's calling for it, and why it could have wide-ranging implications for the entire country. Okay, the government uses census data to tell states how many representatives they get. States use census data to look at their electoral maps and decide how they need to be redrawn to make sure there are about the same number of residents in each district so that every person has equal representation. Some Republicans have argued in the past that they'd rather base electoral maps on how many eligible voters, read citizens, are in a particular location instead of how many people live there. Non-citizen immigrants wouldn't be counted for those maps, and therefore those maps would dilute the power of immigrant communities overall, which tend to vote Democratic. So it'd be a win for Republicans. To be clear, up until now, the Trump administration has given a totally different reason for wanting to ask about citizenship on the census, which the Supremes called contrived. But yesterday, President Trump said this. This information is also relevant to administering our elections. Some states may want to draw state and local legislative districts based upon the voter-eligible population. So that's pretty clear. Redrawing maps is the point. But President Trump says he's got a new plan to help get that info on citizenship to the states. I'm hereby ordering every department and agency in the federal government to provide the Department of Commerce with all requested records regarding the number of citizens and non-citizens in our country. You should know that this is data that many agencies already have. He wants it all in one place. Why? It's complicated. Stick with us. Right now, like we said, the census determines how many representatives each state gets for the House in D.C. It doesn't determine how many representatives each state gets in its own legislature. The states get to decide that themselves. And the census also doesn't determine outright how those maps are drawn, either for state seats or House seats. In most states, the people who do that sit in the state legislatures. So state lawmakers, in some cases, could use this citizenship info from the Commerce Department to decide how to redraw their local districts. The Supreme Court looked at this back in 2016, and they left open the question of whether states can do this. And like we said, if they draw districts based only on eligible voters, both parties expect that to help Republicans. And then, if they're elected to the state legislature, 
based on those maps and depending on the state, they might be in charge of redrawing maps for U.S. Congress. So they could effectively gerrymander congressional districts in the House to help Republicans. The Supreme Court said in June, they've got no beef with partisan gerrymandering. President Trump pointed that out in his remarks yesterday. Indeed, the same day the Supreme Court handed down the census decision, it also said it would not review certain types of districting decisions, which could encourage states to make such decisions based on voter eligibility. To be clear, right now, the Commerce Department isn't supposed to release specific data about people's citizenship, even if states wanted it. And there's another big implication here. Census data not only helps states draw maps, like we said, the big thing it does is help the federal government decide how many members of Congress each state is allowed to have, based on population. And right now, the state of Alabama is suing the Commerce Department, saying undocumented immigrants should be excluded from that count. Here's Attorney General Bill Barr yesterday. Depending on the resolution of that dispute, this data may be relevant to those considerations. We will be studying this issue. That case is pending in a district court in Alabama. But if Alabama's successful, that could mean states with more undocumented immigrants will get less representation in Congress. So what's the skim? Next year's census won't have a question about citizenship on it. But this whole back and forth might still have a chilling effect on immigrants. Lots of big decisions are made thanks to the census, including how much government money states get. So an undercount could mean less resources for the places that need it. And the Trump administration hasn't given up on getting a full count of citizens and non-citizens as a way to draw voting districts. And President Trump also hasn't given up on asking about it in the census. In his executive order yesterday, he asked the Commerce Department to look into bringing it back in the year 2030. The House Oversight Committee heard from eight of their colleagues today about their recent visits to immigrant detention facilities along the U.S.-Mexico border. They all highlighted problems, but with two very different storylines. First, four Republican members who represent border districts testified. They said this crisis is nothing new. Representative Debbie Lesko, a Republican from Arizona, took issue with the Democrats' version before they even spoke. Uh, in some of my Democrat colleagues' worlds, they seem to think that all of a sudden, out of the blue, thousands of illegal immigrants showed up at the border and are just oblivious, oblivious to the year-long calls by Republicans and some Democrats for years for immigration reform. The Republicans and Democrats agree that there's overcrowding and a lack of resources. But Republicans say the problem needs to be addressed by closing loopholes in immigration law. They say Dems are playing politics by blaming the agencies that run detention centers. Here's Representative Andy Biggs, another Arizona Republican. It is a crisis. It is real. And we do not get anywhere by blaming the people who are doing their best to help these people. We need to look in the mirror. We need to make the changes. Democrats have a different story. They describe the conditions you've heard a lot about. Overcrowding, insufficient water, migrants sleeping on concrete. The list goes on. We've seen conditions that dehumanize migrants, stripping them of their dignity. 
Texas Democrat Veronica Escobar blames the conditions on policies enacted by the Trump administration. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York said she believes the story she heard from migrants at the border. She describes the treatment as cruel. The cruelty is manufactured. This is a manufactured crisis because there is no need for us to do this. There's no need for us to overcrowd and to detain and under-resource. This hearing was focused on detention centers along the border. But centers in other parts of the country are also in the spotlight. That's because Immigration and Customs Enforcement is planning to carry out raids across the country starting on Sunday. The administration says they want to round up at least 2,000 undocumented immigrants in 10 major cities and deport them ASAP. These are immigrants who have already received orders that they have to leave the country, but are still here. ICE agents aren't allowed to enter anyone's home, though. So a lot of activists are telling immigrants not to open their doors. One place where there aren't going to be any raids? New Orleans. ICE has said it'll hold off on immigration enforcement in the areas of Louisiana and Mississippi that'll be affected by Tropical Storm Barry this weekend. Barry is the first storm to approach the U.S. this hurricane season. It's expected to have wind speeds of about 70 miles per hour at its peak tonight, so it's just shy of a hurricane. But it could still end up affecting 10 million people along its path. In Louisiana, they've had a bunch of rain already, and the rivers are already twice as high as normal. They're expecting Barry to dump another 10 to 15 inches, plus two to three feet of storm surge. That, plus the high winds, are a triple threat. Right now, local officials say the levees should be able to handle it. But of course, everyone's watching closely. President Trump has already declared a state of emergency. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Wimbledon. Tennis icons Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal met on the court today for the 40th time. Federer won the match in four sets, three to one. This is a long-term relationship. Federer and Nadal had their first date on the court in Miami in 2004, back when Nadal was only 17. That time, he beat Federer, who was the world's number one at the time. And with that, one of the biggest rivalries in tennis was born. Overall, Nadal is ahead. He's won 25 times to Federer's 15 wins. But at Wimbledon, Federer has the upper hand. Counting today, he's won three of their four matches here. In 2007, the two competed in a Battle of Surfaces match. Federer likes to play on grass, Nadal on clay. So the court was half and half. It wasn't cheap. The court took over 19 days and $1.6 million to make. Nadal took home the gold at that match. Both players are super ambitious, pushing each other to their boundaries. Still, they're cool with each other. Federer has said he's Nadal's number one fan. Match point. And that's all for Skim This. Happy Friday! If you got some downtime this weekend, it would be great if you could rate and review us. Give us all the stars, tell us what you love. It really helps. We'll be back next week, and so will The Daily Skim, bright and early Monday morning. You can sign up at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day, right in your inbox.